honestly, I was like, what? And I was like, are they saying this because this has happened before that they have to do it? Yeah. And then they went on through the procedure and they're like, listen out to see if they use McDonald's terminology because it may mean they're a former employee. And I was like, what the fuck is McDonald's terminology? Like, hello, I put a McBomb under the table. <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> And save and yeah, that's that's all I needed. Uh, <laughs> we got it. <laughs> Didn't actually put that out. Yeah. <laughs> I sat down to have a chat with Justine. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Finterviews. I'm your host Connor Finn, and on this week's episode. I interview someone that you may know from her work on the Trey channel on YouTube, from her hilarious memes uh, on joe.ae, or also she's a brilliant stand-up comic. It is, of course, the glorious uh, Justine Stafford. We chat about everything from careers in meme-making and comedy to part-time jobs that ultimately traumatised us, we find out, and um, Justine's unequivocal love for the patron saint of Westmeath, of course, the glorious Joe Dolan. Um, we had a lot of laughs and um, I just had such a wonderful time having Justine on as a guest. Um, so, without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Finterviews uh, with Justine Stafford. Okay, um, well, thank you so much, uh, Justine, for joining me on my first Finterview. <laughs> unreal from the get-go I love it so much seriously it's gonna be an interesting one thank you so much for having me I just seeing people it's (laughs) it is yeah do you know what I mean it's the little things but um they're pretty big they're pretty big um (laughs) I'm sorry I am chapless um I know that's quite unprofessional just like I I, I didn't want to kind of mention it. Like, I just kind of thought, like, yeah. Yeah. For anybody that um, is actually just listening instead of actually seeing any of this, she's wearing a camouflage shirt. So, um, for reference, <laughs> we're like making just horrendous jokes that are only like visual. Like, means. Oh, yeah. God, if you did not clear that up, I would have had a lawsuit on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's, I forgot that this is just us. <laughs> Ever the professional. Of course, of course, of course. Well, I mean, on that uh, bombshell. <laughs> no, here, um, obviously, um, if you don't know Justine, fuck you doing if you're like, um, but uh, basically, uh, I kind of want to like describe what your job kind of like career is, but. I think it's such a hard one to describe. So what what would you say? Like content creator, um, social creative, comedian, all around meme queen? Like, uh, oh, I, that is a fantastic, I'm putting that on the LinkedIn. That is the title there. I think that's it in one. <laughs> yeah, no spaces though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a little dash in between. Um, it's, it's a difficult one because it's, yeah, I do a combination of things, I guess. Um, I would say content creator. Yeah. Uh, where I work for Joe, I saw a lot of meme making and making my memes come true. <laughs> um, there's a lot of that. And video editing, uh, I do representing. It's definitely more social content as well. So like creating content for social channels. Yeah. And uh, then I do comedy and stand up on the side. So you combine those two and the content becomes more comedic and entertaining yeah so it's a lot of things <laughs> I, I always find it so funny like do you know what I mean content creator comes as such like a oh you just do like a little thing online you're like no you do everything you're like do you know what I mean from making the idea to bring it on and just from 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 a little stunt together and Joe <laughs> um, like it like I did not realize until getting in that I was like Jesus fucking Christ. Like, it's, that's why I'm always like, let the other person describe what they do. Cause like, honestly, I'll be like, yeah, sure, this is what you do. And then they'll be like, yeah, that plus 10 other jobs, but cheers. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's 
harder trying to tell like my grandparents and that because they, I mean, you know, you try to explain to them, what do you do? Uh, content creation. What's that? No Photoshop. Oh, oh. <laughs> no memes. Oh. <laughs> to anyone who asks them, what does Justine do? They just say, oh, she works with computers. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I, I mean, as far as anyone knows from that, I'm an IT engineer. I'm bloody, you know, futurist. <laughs> you know, like, they know I just make memes. <laughs> My ones have literally the exact same approach. Like, not that I fucking doing anything established, but like, even for this tonight, I went some, yeah, I'm going to be recording a wee podcast here. A moment like, is, is, are, are you doing the TV stuff? Is it? Is that like, that? I don't know why I'm giving her that accent either. Like, she's from Portadown. Like, um, but, uh, yeah, literally anytime that they try to say a thing, like, they just revert back to, he's, he's doing stuff for the BBC. No, I'm not. Like, I don't know why they kept keep telling people. I'm like, I, I did a minor stint there as well, but like, I definitely do not work stint, there. I mean, <laughs> it, it sounds so good though, doesn't it? Yeah, m- maybe if I. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like, what 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 use are facts anyways? Like, just tell you some Harrison works over the BBC. Um, but um, I definitely do not. I, I fucking wish. Um, <laughs> getting on that salary, hey. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening, BBC. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in for the first podcast. Um, <laughs> you're about to get called out and blacklist me for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, basically, um, yeah, like... I think just from kind of touching on that, like the way that both our parents probably don't understand what exactly we do. Um, let's jump right back in, um, kind of back to your childhood or kind of like growing up. Like, did you like ever envision this being like a kind of prospective career that you're doing? Because it's such a mad one, isn't it? I mean, honestly, when I was in school, this job did not exist. Like when I was still in Wait, what? School, a meme <laughs> did a meme did not exist. Like Did you grow up like, before the internet? Things. Jesus. Uh, what? <laughs> Sorry. Um You're talking Windows ninety four. Oh, oh. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the, the dial up that I hear in my dreams. <laughs> Triggered. Mm-hmm. Oh god. But so yeah, in school these things didn't exist. Like, how I kind of came into it all was that in primary school, um, our school got picked to make a short film. And that was through using a camcorder. So, like, this is at the time before camera phones existed or digital cameras either. Like, so we were in awe of even having a camera. And I really just loved making films then. Like, I took on the task of, like, being the camera operator and then editing the video that we made uh-huh. and we ended up winning this national competition and our primary school teacher his brother worked in RT at the time and he actually said he's like that girl's got an eye for it so that was kind of how I started into it and then Santa got me a camcorder for Christmas and that oh, was good man one Santa one man for one man I owe my career to Santa that is the actual truth <laughs> I have never thought of it. Like that is that is true. I wow, what a moment! Yeah. <laughs> I got me and I would video everything. I found it about youth film festivals, and I made this short film about a group of elderly people escaping. Oh, sorry, I I I I don't want to burst your bubble, but um, I actually have seen it. <laughs> I I was uh, thought I'd do some research um prior to this interview and uh boy I deep dived and what a masterpiece like I think I mean th- like what age were you like so to put into kind of summary um it's essentially like a breaking old people out of an old person home like it that that's what I kind of gathered from it was was that the intention yeah, so um, I was 13 when this idea came to me. And, I mean, 
I didn't really cast the film as such. I just told my relatives, you're fucking doing it. Um, so that was that was fun. Um, they were obviously on board. Uh, and it was, yeah, essentially that this nursing home was relocating. And that this group of... In- of <laughs> I was going to say a group of inmates. Inhabitants. Depends what nursing home, yeah. <laughs> let's take this as our opportunity to escape and I won't give any spoilers of how it ends oh. there is a twist <laughs> for everyone who is definitely going to search for it's going to blow but up I, I got that then and submitted I heard about the youth film festival and I'll never forget I was screaming um, there was just this person with this really annoying laugh behind me and it was kind of annoying me because I was it me <laughs> I t- I've waited I've waited so long <laughs> I loved that feeling of a whole room and an audience laughing and getting the joke and I think that's when I really really realised I love comedy yeah this is something I really like doing but there was this person with this really annoying laugh and it was kind of annoying me because it was distracting other people even from the film and I turned around and it was Pat Short laughing Sorry, was your 13-year-old mind just not like, you know what I've peaked? Uh guys, we're just uh that's kind of from here. <laughs> Honestly, that was a that moment I will never forget. And uh I ended up then winning the competition. I got to represent Ireland in a youth film competition Holy shit. in South Korea. So I went back to <laughs> Famously, um from Ireland to South Korea, uh do you know what I mean? A, a classic, um, like, film festival trajectory. Like. <laughs> yeah. But the weirdest thing, like, when you land in South Korea in Seoul, in the capital, I don't know if it's still there, but when I landed there, they just had this massive poster of Pierce Brosnan that said, uh, welcome to Seoul, because he's the ambassador. And I'm like, what? Like, it, it felt like I was still back home. I, I mean... Dundalk's greatest exports. So, so there were just big Pierce Brosnan fans. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was great. Um. Now I think I think the film might have been lost on the like as they had to translate my film into South Korean, like into Korean for them. And like when I think of the lines that are in that short film, it's like ah fuck that nurse, and I'm like Jesus, I can't believe all this is. <laughs> being translated like I had a translator while there and I mean whatever about them being able to translate English my accent that was a double whammy I don't know how they were translating anything I was saying like from knobber to Korean (laughs) insane um but that experience really was the start of my introduction to like film and media and that was then why I decided to study that in college so I studied film and broadcasting in DIT and when I left, I started interning at a radio station mm-hmm. in Dublin. And that was my introduction to like broadcast. And that was when social had kind of started taking off. And um, like we're talking back to the like the early days of memes, like Pepe the Frog and like oh. the, the, the oh. beginning of the internet, essentially. And, so like I I'll, I'll tell you what kind of like that's so similar to my course, like in uni where I I, I like I kind did a similar kind of one I think, but um I remember trying to explain to people it's like because with kind of arts courses especially with like media and stuff like that people do rightfully so take the piss out of it because they're kind of like oh sure what fucking Mickey Mouse course is this to my like I and I just couldn't defend mine we literally had like a full semester class on memes like genuinely and we went into like the whole history of Pepe there was kind of like creating it was back to that stage of like do you know when they had like the dinosaur and then they had um in the middle and it was like white kind of like words up and below and all the way outside it there was like these diagonal colors like I don't even know what the joke was anymore do you know what I mean like that's how badly it aged but that was literally part of our curriculum was to like, now what does that mean in our boys and girls? And then I'm sitting here being like, oh, Jesus, I, uh, this is third level education. Great. <laughs> Fun fact, I actually gave a lecture in memes. <laughs> ah, don't get away. 
a guest lecturer to give a lecture on memes and how it can influence marketing. And literally, my first fucking slide up on the thing was Marty Morrissey. And now I thought he was a good example of memeable content. It was so- See, I mean, I think that's like almost a step above because at least you're kind of like addressing a wider picture and then throwing in a little like fun one for the get. Like, I love that that's like you actually got brought back in and then you're like, what do I need to teach the kids? Like, Basically, Mary Morrissey will be um, your content for as long as you need to be. It's one of those ones like, you know, the, you never get to the bottom of the class. <laughs> a classic. Yeah, of course. Sorry, I I, I digress a wee bit there. But um, as you're, yeah, you're saying like, it kind of, that's crazy. Like you went from <laughs> primary school, Santa, give you a cab quarter to um, your uh international stardom um in south korea of all the i mean uh and then like that's insane i was constantly like am i doing the right thing because i was like oh should i do home ec teaching that was my other because i was like shit like is is work even stable in media and again but this was at a time i mean if i if I was doing my leaving cert now and considering college, 100% I would have in a heartbeat put down media because oh. I was like, of course they're stable jobs. But yeah. Again, that time before social media existed. Like I only had a Bebo account and I was sharing the loves every day. <laughs> but like outside of that, was there really a career in media? It didn't, social media, it just didn't exist the way it does now. Um, and I changed my CAO form nine times on the last day so that's like when you're submitting to what college you want yeah because it's up until 5 p.m you can change oh my god on that day so i changed nine times back and forth back and forth between media and home ec teaching <laughs> and literally at 4 59 i switched back to media and i said no 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 i want home ec teaching and i went to switch back and it cut me out oh and i was heartbroken. I was like, I've ruined my life. Life's over. There's no point. I wrote the CEO applications office in Mullingar. I wrote them a massive letter and apology, being like, I made the wrong decision. Please let me read Oh, yeah, they'll take a letter. Like, <laughs> Dear Mr. Royal CAO, um, <laughs> my name is Justin Stafford. <laughs> How are you? The weather is fine here. Like, uh, but, like, I sent it back in the post to me with a massive rejected stamp on it. Oh, the fact that they like have invested enough to have a stamp that like I imagine proper cartoon style red border and everything just going, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, totally. And honestly, I, my heart was broke at that, but my instant thought was, I need this stamp in my life. Can you imagine that? Like, I mean, it wouldn't really work for DMs, but if you had a virtual one of those, it'd be great. I mean, after lockdown, you know, prime example, when you're kind of like, got to keep our distance, but got to make it clear. (laughs) Like, don't touch me, but just like, yeah, just giving a wee stamp in the head. Like, (laughs) So it kind of worked out in the best possible way though because then I went and studied yeah. broadcasting and interned with FM 104 radio station in Dublin and from that it was Joe.e that saw my work and actually asked that I want to come and do an internship with them so that was pretty cool yeah and I think the big the thing that they saw that I had done that they were like whoa was that for Pancake Tuesday I had gone yeah you know the one. Oh, uh, i know it so well like if paint the picture because i think it's like it's iconic like it's so it's so impressive like it's um that that old picture of jesus that a lot of people have in their house where he's like He's doing like a little handy thing. He's got the going it's, on. it's almost like he's like cupping a little bit of water or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's that kind of like. <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, I I had that in our house, and I thought that's a bit gas with his hands there. And I just made a pancake and had it on the pan, and I saw the picture on the wall, and I was like, "Oh, good Jesus!" Literally. 
and put it up and it fits so perfectly and I was like this is sacrilegious it really is and and delicious <laughs> and uh, I put it up and that was the thing that Joe saw and we're like yeah eat a bit of that over here so that was insane to be honest like it, it's just insane I that like something you can do can't have you know like people can really like your work and like even I'll meet people that don't know me and I'll tell them what I do and they'll be like oh did you make that meme about blah 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 and mm-hmm. I'm like yeah that it's yeah, like from trying to do that kind of meme business, which I like fully cannot, like I've tried to explain this to so many people. My brain does not work in that way. Like I think it's just even trying to like get that mindset of seeing something, making it funny. Like I have the kind of capacity to like see something and then it'll be like a day later and I'll just be sitting beside anybody in silence. I'll just be, ah, and it'll just play out in my head. But like, to actively like go out and through that like was that something that you like kind of found when you're in um fm 104 did they just like say to go wild at it and then and then like i suppose did that kind of build up a bit of notoriety a bit of the following in it as well or yeah so like i was kind of when i started in f104 in any job i'm kind of not as um as I am, like, as in I'm a bit more reserved and a bit like, I don't want to chance that and I'm a bit afraid to do it. Like, I don't mind putting stuff out on my own personal accounts, but when I'm in charge of a massive radio station's accounts or a massive, massive online site's accounts, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to take as much piss as I would. <laughs> um, there's other people involved here. So I actually am a bit reserved and I always was. And I think even in FM 104, they kind of would have described me as quiet. But like very funny in what I would put out constantly, yeah. but like yeah. just a bit hesitant or just and I mean that was my first job outside of college in media and I was very much like, Am I doing the right thing? And it was such a new time that no one knew what the right thing was. Like as in this was their first oh. experience of doing solution content as well and like having someone on Snapchat. Like there was no body of work before this to compare it to or you were essentially setting the rules so it did take time in the beginning it was like what am I doing and then I would develop kind of a understanding of oh that's what I'm doing oh this is what I'm getting paid for (laughs) (laughs) but like it would become like reacting to topical things like trying to come up with something yeah as quick as possible and it's definitely something that the longer you're in it the better you get at it and i will give you credit connor before you come in here being like no i can't do it because me and you had one of my favorite times at work truly and we live tweeted the late late toy show oh oh god meme team that night and it was it was um to set the scene, um, I because I think it's such like, I think it's such a funny thing to go back to. So to set the scene for, I mean, if you don't want, don't know what the late late show is, you know, um, just click off because this will podcast be yeah, nothing yeah, to you. And if you don't know what the late late toy show is, you can get fucked like <laughs> <laughs> rejected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get out that stuff. But um, yeah, I had oh god i think i was only in dublin um in refuse literally about a month and a bit because it was like it's early december it's early december and i had just moved down like a start of november really um and the reason that i was like i wasn't even actually supposed to be working that night but the reason i was so adamant too because the place that i had moved into it was like i was sharing with like 11 other people I was like number 12 and to those 11 people but on top of that there wasn't any living room it was in this one flat like everybody was international um they were lovely but they didn't like they couldn't understand what I was like can we get the late toy show on and they're going like what are you talking about and it wasn't until that day in work that you had said oh I'm staying behind um I think I've been in since nine I was like I, I I just got to step behind as well. Like I was just like the idea of missing it. I and the idea as well that like 
I my favorite thing to do journaling at the Twitter show is to go on Twitter and see people like ripping into them. And then when I found out, I was like, oh yeah, no, that's entirely what we're doing tonight. I was going like, oh my god, Jen, like b- book me in. Um, yeah. And I took I took full advantage. I mean, um, oh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think this is like a running trade of um, most of the jobs I get in. I got. I got very um, comfortable um, very quickly and over-familiarised myself. Like, I think because you had been away for a wee bit as well. So, like, you must have only known me for about a week at most at this stage. And then here was me being like, a, yeah, I'm going to stay on the fuse and, like, I'll tweet for Lately Toy Show with you. And then I just got blocked. Like, I remember... It was it was glorious. And it was fantastic. And I remember like we did I had got that at our what was it, Kathy Jaeger? I remember us oh. being like, this time we'll start off <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a shot of coffee Jaeger. And I mean it perked us up and it you know, it got the juices flowing and I just remember you different times while I was thinking, you'd be like in awe, being like, I can't how did you come up with that? It was just you know, and then you would come in with brilliant lines. I do think that was the best teamwork. Like, it, we were just truly, and I find that I love having someone to work with because sometimes I'm like, am I, is this even funny? Am I losing my mind? And it's so good to have someone to defend stuff off of. I'm like, that is one of my favorite. This is funny. Oh, I don't know. Um, no, like that. Like I, I'm so glad that fucking at least that like stuck out in your mind as like a fun time because I remember being coming back and the next day having absolute fear in me and going fucking hell, Connor. Like, um, but yeah, it was it was a glorious night altogether. Um, but I think that's your type of humor, though. It's never anything that's really offensive or kind of like can be taken like one way or another. It's like right on that kind of like barrier that I do not know how to tiptoe, by the way, where it's that just everybody just gets it and goes like, ah, like, have you found that? Like, or have you kind of, are you really kind of conscious of, you know, working around that? Yeah, well, I mean, that's again, like it's, I remember when I started and I remember the first year I did the toy show, disaster in terms of like, I was so slow at coming up with anything and then being like, is that okay? Is that offensive to anyone? Yeah. And it's something that's always on my mind of, is this offensive? Because it, <laughs> uh, it's becoming increasingly a concern because, you know, it's very hard. It's always a very fine line and it's like, oh God, I don't, I don't want to take any chances with something with work as well. It's just like, not something I ever want to do. Um, and it's definitely something that you just have to keep at and you get better at. Yeah. But with Joe, my, my humour is definitely orientated differently. Like, I know what will work more on Joe's platforms. I know the audience a bit more and I know the kind of thing they want to see. <laughs> I mean... Something I have to put on my page that might be less... Yeah, I mean, as as your lecture did, as soon as you par- put up something about Marty Morrissey, you're hitting gold. You're hitting gold, really. Like, I mean... <laughs> Like, now they haven't asked me back to do another lecture since. Uh, <laughs> it, but like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you know what? We're in a pandemic, Justine. Just like, I, who knows when they're going to back open back up again? Oh god, it'll be fine. <laughs> but um, one thing that I always find, um, like, I know, like you everybody kind of always references back to where they started off in their kind of career and their industry and like where that went to. But I like absolutely adore finding out what people did like prior to things. Like, I don't know if you had any kind of little part-time jobs. I mean, my father, he, my father, he has a, a great way of kind of saying whenever we're doing like horrendous jobs or anything like this, or if there's just something that you're doing in your life that you're kind of like, this is just not what I'm up for. This is like, what the hell am I doing with myself? It's like the classic kind of thing for them to be like, oh, sure, it's character building there, boy. And then you just have to be like, oh, fuck off. But in that sense, I I don't think there has been a single job that I haven't referenced back to making pizzas, which is horrendous, by the way. I would not recommend. Um, on I was on 3.79 an hour um, with about a ruler away from... Um, an oven at most times like it was 
It was so oh, intense. Um, and prior to that, uh, well, prior to that, I thought it was a dream come true because I had uh, done strawberry picking um, for like my... Oh, God. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So you want to know like how much I'm grateful for like these jobs? Like my trajectory start off low, 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 low. Yeah. That's not character building. That's character breaking. Oh God, <laughs> how do you do that? I think you know what? It's um it wasn't even really like a choice. It was uh my dad and his brother and my uncle, they would kind of do uh we'll we would have a couple of fields around ourselves because where we are in Arma, quite a rural area, like Arma in general is just like it's such like a cult she town. Um and uh, I'm sure you can <laughs> Oh, I can relate. <laughs> you can relate. <laughs> yeah. So one of the first jobs that we ever had, I remember we did it for a couple of years until we finally uh, broke broke away from it um, and said we, yeah, find out what <laughs> find out what dignity was essentially. But it was like doing from six a.m. mornings to like six in the evening. You would do it for like two weeks straight, like picking strawberries, oh whatever, like this, God. and it was so constant. And then at the end of that, that my uncle just come up to me and be hand me like 20 quid and go like, oh, there you go. In your mind, when you're like, whatever age, I think okay, it probably wasn't that young as maybe about like seven, eight. And I, uh, I, I mean, I was just like, you learn to drive a car at that time as well. Uh, <laughs> Morgan. Yeah. Morgan. Oh, taxes. Um, literally getting 20 pound and being like, this is a world for me. Um, until yeah literally I I just remember oh all, every God. single job since I just always relate them back to the first two um and to be yeah. fair they do get better but it's uh not until you look back that you go like oh, okay I could be worse off right now like did you yeah, have those experiences I, I do and I'm I think I'm glad I have those experiences like so my first job was working part-time in a hotel in my club um, when in Nobber? <laughs> in Kells. Have you heard? There's a book. Uh, book of Kells. You might be familiar with it. I love Petra books, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's about 15 minutes from my house. So, like, that hotel was also the nightclub that we'd always go out in. Um, Brilliant. And I was there when, yeah, so I was working when I was 16. And I hated that job so much because I did not drink till I was 18 uh, because I was a loser who was a massive nerd who thought that drinking alcohol would kill brain cells and I didn't want to kill any brain cells before I did my leaving search. That's the level. Stop. Ed, so, get away. Was, was yeah. that like in your mind to literally be like, if I do this, like, then I can get my leaving cert and etc. I mean, that's forward thinking for, what, a 16-year-old? Jesus. Yeah, but, I mean, then when I did start drinking, it was like I had to make up for lost time. <laughs> and that's a separate story. But that job, like, I was dealing with so many drunk people constantly. Oh, I can I imagine. absolutely hated it. And it would be, like, up until half five in the morning and then <sighs> you'd finish at a wedding and then you'd have to go in the next morning for nine and like, it, it really does, like your dad is right. It is character building because like, I appreciate so much anyone who does that job. And like, even now as a reflex, when I'm ever in a pub, I gather up the glasses. Oh, you have to be, you have to do some of those jobs just for, to get a sense of what it is to be like human, I think. Because you could instantly tell if you're at like a cafe or whatever, or if somebody's even rude to a waiter, like, if you've ever been on the ever like the receiving end, oh, you're just no. like it, it's like oh, yeah. an unwritten rule between anyone that's worked in that industry to just be sound. Um, <laughs> so I did that and did not. I did one summer of it, and I was like, never again will I work in a hotel. I just made that vow. I was like, I can't do this. Like mm-hmm. I would leave crying and go back in, and I was like, what am I doing? Um, so then I started working in summer camps just for kids in the summer I bloody loved that and I think that's probably where I came to have this notion that I should do teaching I Um, I'm the exact same trajectory as you I actually thought like plan to be a teacher right up until it's different up here it's um with uh it's not CEO but um like you just apply for like only a couple of things but I was going straight for teaching until I did 
as summer camp. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey. You had the polar opposite experience. So you hated summer camp. Oh, so um, my trajectory was um, didn't have absolutely like no clue what I wanted to do with my life. But teaching had always been an aspect because I knew people that were teachers um, and kind of some family members have been teachers. And I thought, yeah, like, that's something, you know, because that's all you really know when you're in school. You're yeah. like, oh, this is a person that's doing a job and they seem to enjoy it. So I think that's where it stemmed from. And uh, my kind of like hobbies would have been doing bits of drama and theatre and stuff like this. Um, but so like I did a really quick stunt um, as like a week in a drama camp Um and uh, boy, was that informative. Uh, the youngest, the, the yeah, it wasn't just like that. Yeah, it that's, was. That's, that's a different. Oh, that's drama, it, kids. It was very young. Oh, who like want to perform. I all the time. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't like a cool camp. It wasn't like you know basketball camp or anything like that. It was um, a drama camp, and I ran. <laughs> I ran the arts and crafts, which I'm neither artsy or craftsy, um, kind of process of it. The youngest one that they had sent in, shit you not, three years old. Um, the oldest one was 14. I had, or four, was she 15? Because I, yeah, I just turned 16 because I was like legal at the time. Um, and I learned throughout a week. Like it wasn't even that strenuous, but I just remember being like, I can never work with children. Me being oh. ultimately a child at the time, but um, I I feel bad to talk about how great my experience. No, <laughs> you had a really good experience. <laughs> Loved it. Like uh, we had water activities though, and horse horse riding. Um, and just like I mean, I remember, but I put my heart and soul into it. Like I remember the kids you would be split up and you had like 10 in your group and I got to know all of their names and their hobbies and like at the end of each week of the summer camp I'd give out awards and animal bars and fredos oh and no way I will never forget my best memory working those summer camps was like the last day my group were like huddled and they were all whispering and like I wasn't in the group and I was like what are they getting on about and they all came up to me collectively and gave me a mint arrow class chocolate bar and said justine we all talked and we decided we got the best camp supervisor here this week oh my like my heart my sorry what i'm so i mean that that was why i i did consider teaching but teaching is not that Justine, what are you talking about? Is it is is it, is it not all horseback rides and chocolates? Like what? No, it's, they lie. They lie to us all. Uh, oh so. my! I'm sorry. Where were these summer camps that they would like allow like teenagers as well to go off of work? Like like what age were you at the time? Was this when like still sixteen? So, no, no, no. This is now when I'm in college. Oh, okay. And the best job, because it's only like five minutes up the road from my house, but like every Friday they would have beers and a barbecue and everyone that worked there were college students and we'd all go out and it was like the best crack. And they also ran hospitals, so everyone would stay back there. It was honestly like, I kind of don't see it as a job. I, I was getting paid to get given chocolate and beer and it was fantastic um, never beer when beer was after all the <laughs> just so much fun and then they would hold one day at the end of the year for all the staff mm-hmm. would essentially do this summer camp um, and they'd set up all these obstacle courses for us and we'd all be locked and it was the best and after that the most turn 360 job I went to was to McDonald's Oh, okay. That was a slap in the face back to reality. One of the actual jobs is like, that was an eye-opener because I'll never forget the first day there. They fast-ended you training and I was like, cool, going to be learning how to make a McFlurry or what's the toy in the happy field. 
Oh, you're like when you're like sorry. When do I meet Ronald? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Will Ronald be joining us today? Yeah, sorry, um, guys. Do we have um, kind of like contingency plans if there is a Hamburglar on site? Like, what is uh, what's the four one one here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they actually sat us down and said what to do if someone rings and says they've planted a bomb in the restaurant. Oh, see, that, now you're getting up my territory. Yeah, that sounds like my kind of area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I know, but this McDonald's was on O'Connell Street, Dublin. It wasn't even in there. Oh. And, like, and uh, honestly, I was like, what? And I was like, are they saying this because this has happened before that they have to do it? Yeah. And then they went on through the procedure and they're like, listen out to see if they use McDonald's terminology because it may mean they're a former employee. And I was like, what the fuck is McDonald's terminology? Like, hello, I put a McBomb under the table. <laughs> like, what is that? I... So, uh, it was, that was um, bizarre, but it was a really good job. I, I think a lot of people just said or looked down on people that work there and honestly the staff there were Trojan workers, some of the hardest workers I've ever met. Oh, and insane. We're just such like a family from the second I got there that just brought me in under the wing. And like, I remember even one day that I worked half an hour extra, they lost their shit. They were like, you need to come in and at like half an hour later tomorrow and under no circumstances. And it had to be like a 12 hour gap between the shift. And they were freaking out about this. And I was yeah. like, I feel valued. <laughs> I am loving it. I'm just saying. I hate people that look down at people that work in that industry and the fast food service because it's such a fucking tough job. And again, people have this perception as though it's something you do that's easy. And yeah. it's really not. And I have such respect for people that do it. I- You've kind of said as well, like, I'm I'm so conscious of sticking on jobs, but like, I just think it's like so interesting to hear about like other people's experiences doing things. And you'd kind of said like that you're doing like the stand up and stuff on the side because obviously content creation takes up so much of your time and fucking it's intense. Like, but, um, and we kind of talked about your different humors and things, but I want to know like what has kind of been the weirdest situations that you've maybe had so far in that kind of like stand-up scene, like, or in that kind of scenario where people know you for being like the funny girl, if that makes sense. Like, have you been asked to do like, what's what's the most outlandish kind of ju- things that maybe you've been brought towards? I'll I tell you the most harrowing thing that happened. Where oh, even better. <laughs> I'll, and I'll never forget it. Like, and, uh, when you tell or when people know you do comedy, there's that instant, like, on the spot, oh, you're a comedian, are you? Well, tell us a joke. And you're like, oh, Jesus <laughs> The worst scenario I had of that was when I was with um, a guy I was seeing at the time. And uh, I was meeting his family and his little niece was there and they introduced me. And uh, <laughs> they were like, oh, Justine's a comedian. And all the family was gathered around, and the little niece uh, was a, oh, tell us a joke, right? So I told, I was like, oh, I can't tell you much because my stand up is a lot about sex and dicks. And I was like, this girl's stuff, and I ain't going to tell her. Yeah, just baptism <laughs> by fire. <laughs> so I didn't do that. I was like, oh, think of a kid joke quick. I was like, oh, I think something a bit bold. She'll think I'm cool. So I said that joke of, um, what do you call... I said, what is a shih tzu? You know that joke? You know the one? I'm, they, I'm familiar, but carry on. <laughs> and uh, you go, what's a shih tzu? And um, the answer you expect is the kid will say, it's a dog. And then you'll say, no, it's a zoo with no animals. And that little girl said, I don't know. And I said, it's a zoo with no animals. And she said... That's not funny. Uh, sorry. What? <laughs> I'll tell you something. I don't know why, but ever since, like, when I was in secondary school for a while, I was bullied. And that truly, ever since that, I feel so scared of kids. I don't know why. But it's like, kids that age, I'm like, it's like they're still 
bullying me or like that I'm afraid they're going to and I'm like you're better than me because oh. like, this little girl in that moment that's exactly what it was and I was like oh I am terrified this girl is intimidating me oh my god and it was my first introduction to the whole family and she just owned me uh, shooters and I'm like they all the respect from this family now this is my first impression not only with like the mother and father but the oh. aunts and uncles <laughs> And I put that relationship ending down to that niece. I put it all on her. Mm. I mean... She's raising that relationship. (laughs) What a... Jesus, what a haggled... You're not... That's not very funny. Uh, uh, You you know what? uh, You're right. I'm so... I I should go now. Jesus. God. performance that was you that I saw my daughter um doing that <laughs> well I I mean oh, I mean it was that like I mean and then you do like I did the competition on RTE so that was probably a bigger version of that because more relatives who had never seen me and who I would never invite to see me because of what I talk about <laughs> witnessed me on the Ray Darcy show saying these things and instantly being like, is she blood related? Maybe she's uh, adopted. And she related to us. I think they all were like, we can disown her. Can't we? Do you have that? Does that notoriety? But I wondered like, is that like a thing that happens back home or is that kind of like people are still, you know, like they'll be like, oh, she does like the internet stuff, but like treat her like normal. Or have you found that like any difference between kind of home and like Dublin or? Yeah, well, it's bizarre because I have a group of friends in Nobber who are kind of always nearly going to be in Nobber. Like they did teaching, they did the teaching job and they're building houses here and this is very much their home. So they're not really in the media world so it's bizarre because sometimes we go out in Navin and I've had it a few times and it baffles me when it happens when people have come up to me asking for photos and being like and I'm not fucking well known to be honest like I'm really not like and it's that they've seen me on like YouTube videos with the Tri channel and things like this yeah. and it's bizarre to me that they would even want a photo with me and like are telling me oh you're gas the stuff you do at Joe as well and my friends from Nubber are blown away by this like this is next level to them and they're like oh my god you're a celebrity and I'm like I really am not but it's I think it's a bigger deal to them nearly like it's kind of to me like I've had it I every time happens I'm like I don't understand why these are people so much higher than me I'm a nobody and it's it's just that self-deprecation oh it it definitely is it's, it's, it's your accessory. You got to wear it. You got to own it. But 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 <laughs> oh, it's, I, I think it's such that kind of idea of like notions. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like if you ever do kind of like become aware of anything like that, then sure, like it'll just turn on you in a second. They'll be like, oh, sure, they thought they got. But do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I I can completely exactly. see that. Like, but at the same time, when when somebody gets um, was it uh oh my god a copper's gold card I mean and honestly that's the one place that I get noticed or recognised the most because it's (laughs) you're the the joe.ie audience and I've had and like in the early days they didn't really know who I was so it was like there's joe.ie girl and I'm like yes that is my official title (laughs) (laughs) it's a family name yes (laughs) and you know like I've had people 
you know, buying me a drink and stuff, just being like, Jizz your gas, the stuff you do. And I'm like, this is mental. Like, and it's when I'm with people in Dublin or friends in Dublin, I think it's more in the norm of like being in the media. And yeah. Like that. But when it happens back home, I think people back home are like, what is happening? It's a bigger <laughs> deal there. And it, it goes over my head entirely. And then sometimes I have to stop and think and be like, holy fuck, Justine, like, that is crazy. Like, I think when I went through the whole going on TV and being on the radar thing, that just happened so quickly and I didn't have time to think about it. And it was only like a few weeks back, I was thinking about it, being like, Jesus, you were on live television doing a set that like you got told about the day before to prep. And like, what? Like, it baffles me sometimes when I look back at things that you don't, and everyone does, like, everyone just forgets to actually look back and think of the things they've achieved and yeah. it's insane if you do so I don't do it because I think that would <laughs> ruin a person because you will start to think maybe I am a bit a bit class <laughs> I ever ever get like that it, it'll ruin you it'll ruin a person and they're the people that have big egos mm. they get notion sickness they absolutely get uh, no. <laughs> I couldn't put it better yeah <laughs> So I, I never want to be like that. I'm grateful. I think we all have that bit of imposter syndrome and I definitely still have that. So um, I would like if that went away a bit because it just fills me with anxiety and constantly in my head. Yeah. But I prefer yeah. to be that way than to be going in with a big, big head on me. Yeah. And then, so. I mean, there's nothing as more grinding as your parents trying to explain what they do. Uh, computers, you're like, ah, oh, Mom, da, come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's in a nutshell, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like, um, and like, I suppose one of the other things that, um, through, through my thorough research, I, I'm like so conscious that, um, I've just been chatting Ooh, other. Uh, uh, dug deep. I'm loving oh, it. Oh, oh, I, I dug deep. Like, I know people, um, will, I'm, I'm trying to put this in, like, an understandable way for an audience because I didn't know who this person was but um people will like kind of have like a real good knowledge of like a celebrity and especially if it's kind of like a hometown hero and stuff like this can I ask uh, where does this um dialogue from uh Joe Dolan come from <laughs> I know that was such a build-up but I like I was like what is no, I will say? like, oh. like, I've never, like, I mean, I didn't know anything about Joe Dolan, but Jesus, I know about him now. My God, I know about him now. And not in a bad way at all. I think it's hilarious. I think it's gas. Like, but do you know what I mean? It's like, I was just kind of like, I, I wonder if there's that, is there like kind of some back, you know, story to this? Like, or is it kind of like a Marty Morrissey situation where it's like, it's a gift that oh, keeps on giving. This is no joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a bit upset that you didn't actually know who Joe Dona was because he's the greatest showman <laughs> in this country and this world has ever known. Okay, so, wow. I, I wow. <laughs> but no, my. I'm a fetus. I'm a, and I'm an absolute uncultured child. And I'm willing to admit that this is what the purpose of this podcast is to culture myself, essentially. Education, you're doing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Joe Dolan's from Bungar and he was a singer. But you know, when you're a kid and you travel in your car with your parents, they would put in tapes. Yeah. Joe Dolan was the one tape that was on loop and me and my brother were brainwashed. Now, my brother got out lucky. He doesn't have the love of Joe that I do. But that was the one tape went on loop whereby you repress and remember those things so intrinsically that it's like hypnosis nearly that I remember, genuinely, I had not heard that song in over 20 years and it started playing and I could... I could literally sing every single word that was coming to me. Like, as in, it was coming to me that, like, I don't know what's about to come out of my mouth, but it's the actual lyric. How is this happening? You know? You know when you have that? You have that before? It's insane. I, I mean, so similar, <laughs> but not so much linked to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. To, 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 to the infamous C. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, 
yeah, so I would have known all the songs. My mother was obviously a huge fan, so she would go to all these big performances. Uh, my dad would then as well. And uh, it just was always, it's still their class. So oh, that's them where they I'm, come from. I'm so glad I found out about them from like, it's a like yourselves and Gary, where I like had no like I remember you you guys like even mentioned and I was like just going along with it saying like yeah and then I kind of went who is this person um but by God my I my my I wonder did he not make as big of an impact in like Armagh or like like see see I'll put it into some perspective um. Arma, like, I'm kind of on the Arma Throne border as well. So, like, Throne is, like, literally five minutes down one road, but I'm tackling in Arma, but, like, postcode, you can choose whatever. And the closest place to us that people would, like, go out in would be this place called, like, the Moy, um, where they still hold, like, country dances almost. Oh, jive. Oh. Never, ever drink and jive, baby. Oh. <laughs> 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 but um so our like the biggest thing kind of like around our area would be the likes of like Nathan Carter and like what you call it? Well, Big Tom I've been big up there. Have, uh, would you have heard of Big, big Tom? Tom? Yes, I know exactly. Yeah. Um or even <laughs> um oh geez, what you call even bigger. This is you know what, this is why I shouldn't have started drinking before I record this. Garth Brooks? <laughs> Garth Garth Brooks. Oh, oh, huge. I'll, I'll tell you how huge. I actually had one, an, another little job. Um, I did a little side hustle for one night only. I played in Garth, Garth Brooks tribute band Um, where I, again, did not listen to this man's music, was not a fan at all. But, and turns out, like, like what I do, I, like, I play, like, a couple of gigs and stuff, but, like, in fiddle. But I would play... Oh, singing or playing no so so they at uh, the garth brooks tribute was called johnny brooks very yeah i mean big swerve oh um <laughs> this is incredible because i for for literally for a little while was in a johnny cash <laughs> called cash in the recession Sorry, I think we sh- I think we've peaked here at this oh, podcast. I just we wanted should to let you know that, but I want to hear about Garth Brooks. Oh, so, I, I I will jump back to that though. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, speaking of recessions, <laughs> no, oh my god, but um, yeah, so not so much Joe Dolan kind of country, but um, Garth Brooks, um, so much so one night, yeah, I remember. I did. I did some of these like um, in school. They were doing a fundraiser for like doing school aid, like Romania. And I don't know if you guys did that as well. Those kind of jobs. And um, yeah. they'd asked for some people to just play some performances. And I play like trad and like traditional Irish music on fiddle. So um, they're like, "Oh, well, you play some tunes." And I went, "Yeah, grand." So from that um, performance of all like ten people, I actually got like a random message on Facebook. I remember and said oh, would you be interested in playing at this thing? And I went, yeah, Grant. Like, I just said yes to whatever because I was like, I have no idea. Um, Turns out I didn't know, like, a single Garth Brooks song other than, like, Baton Rouge. Like, and turns out that type of playing is entirely different to what I had learned. And and, and also, the only way to get the music and to get, like, learn those tunes you have to, like, the music, sheet music is so expensive for it. So I downloaded an app that, like, you slow down the audio. And essentially what I did, I listened over and over to, like, I think it was eight tracks altogether and picked out note per note what they were playing. And if you can imagine, like, country music. And, um, yeah, we did uh, One Night and One Night Only in uh, a football <laughs> club in Armagh. And you know what? I played half an hour, uh, got paid 60 quid, and I said, you know what? Um, it was worth it. <laughs> wow, that yeah. is. And I mean, you can sell that so well of like one night only. Like, I mean, you know, the reason is like we're only ever doing one night of this, but you can sell it as one night only. <laughs> like it's, 
<laughs> yeah, you sell that the right way. And you yeah, it, so I mean, it's it's, it's 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 weird they never called me back. Um, <laughs> when I don't need. When I don't need. Yeah, yeah, and an exclusive concert. Yeah, but um, exactly. uh, speaking speaking of recessions, um, tell me about the Johnny Johnny Cash. Was oh, what? No, we gotta get back to Joe. Definitely <laughs> off topic from Joe, but uh, yeah, I sang as June character in a Johnny Cash tribute band. So again, similar to you, I wasn't a big Johnny like. Not that I don't like his music, but I've yeah. not been a follower or known any big songs by Ring of Fire, essentially. Yeah, um, and I know them now. Good God, do I know them now? <laughs> and, uh, it was like. I'd say I did six or seven gigs and then I was like, I shouldn't be doing this. Like I was singing as June character. Um whereby I'm singing trying to sing like her. So you're trying oh, to western style thing. Yeah. I'm like, that's not how I sing. Oh um, so that that wasn't ideal to be honest. What is were you when you were doing this? I mean, it's a story for the name alone of the band. Uh, <laughs> it's horrific. <laughs> And uh, I don't know how that got past anyone to be the band name. I really don't. Oh, no. But you live and you learn. But uh, Joe Dolan, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, grew up obviously with him. Uh, and I have never gone to his gigs. I'm very sad to say, say that I never got to go to his performances. But he passed away. Um, and my mother contemplated back and forth when she goes to the funeral. And then since that, I've just still always had a special soft spot for his music. But up until the point that two years ago, uh, my dad got his first smartphone. And we were sitting there and I gave it to him and I was showing him how to use it. And I was showing him the internet. I was showing my father the internet. Oh. Unlimited access to content. We haven't even got my dad there yet. Like, like, oh, oh. oh, we're still struggling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we sat there and I was like, you can look up anything here. We're on YouTube. I was like, any video, anything, you can look it up here. And what is the first thing my father, with the whole world in his hands, does he look up? He searches, not a Joe Dolan song, no, no, no. He searches Joe Dolan's funeral. Oh. <laughs> And my father sat in thralls at Joe Doran's funeral. And they were all, and he would come and be, look at them all there now, singing at the grave. Look at them, look at them all there. Look at them. That's I mean, how, how deep Joe runs to our family. And there is this, I don't know if you've heard this, it's like there's no show like a Joe show. Uh, and that comes from Joe Dolan, that there is no live show. He would go for three hours straight, this man. He was incredible live. That is... Yeah, like, that's where that comes from. And I mean, I might make memes and stuff with Marty and it's like having a laugh, but with Joe, it's not a laugh. Like, okay, it might be funny, but this is serious to me. This is something, a message I want to get out of it. This guy is great. To the point where we went to Florida in um, February with the Tri Channel. Yeah. And we were down at, the, down at the pool and one of the guys brought us speakers and he's like, what do we play? What should I put on? Joe Dolan, of course. And there was this woman at the pool being like, are you guys Irish? <laughs> yeah. No joke. This one was like, oh, I was there last year. And we were like, where were you? <laughs> she was like, um, I went to a, a wedding. Um, I think it was in West Eve, but there was this statue in the town of this man. Uh, like, that man, you're listening to him right now. It was insane. But like, all, like, she didn't go to any of the touristy places in Ireland. She go to Dublin, didn't went straight to Mullingar and that to me <laughs> she knew the Joe Dolan statue didn't know the spire but by God <laughs> she knew Joe and that was incredible <laughs> that is I mean just top tier I mean even if, what a notoriety to even get all the way out to like America and then like yeah. first experience are you guys Ash not by do you know what I mean obviously being out in like the like the pool while every shivering inside but like yeah <laughs> you're like this is why we're Irish because this is what we're listening to oh that is I mean it was yeah special moment it's a special I do moment. I mean I do have a 
I'm kind of a bit disappointed myself because I have a Marty Morrison t-shirt and I have a Daniel Donald t-shirt and I actually don't have a Joe Dolan t-shirt and that's something I just realised and I'm actually upset by it. So Justine, this, good thing, thing you've mentioned is, this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just sent one out to the post to all my guests now. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm making one after this. This that's, that's oh, my plan now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it has to be done. It, it's recorded. You've said it now, so I've been. Yeah, yeah, you've all back in it. But um, yeah, no, like I mean, Jesus, we have went on a fucking round about like <laughs> I, which I'm, which I'm so glad about. Like I, I'm glad, and I'm glad we got Joe in there. Yeah, it's, it's important. It's so. it, it's it's a big factor that I thought that people deserve to know about. Do you know what I mean? I mean, what am I even talking about anymore? Um, I just want to say, like, I think I've like literally roasted you so much on like your life and upbringing. Like, I'm sure you must be absolutely fucking like never want to talk about any of these. I think we just went through dr- trauma therapy. To be honest, we did. like. Yeah. <laughs> I should pay you. I'd pay a therapist for this. So yeah, yeah. You know how much I owe you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take um, one Joe Dolan t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, um, thank you so much for saying like, literally, this has been, honestly, for my first podcast as well, I know I'm going to look back at this and how many that I obviously get into and be like, God love this, like, ridiculously generous uh, person giving their time to me like just talking to absolute dort for like and it's been like an hour and a half fucking hell <laughs> um, so no honestly thank you so much like it's honestly been like a pleasure and again I mean it's it's uh, it's a learning curve for me I'm I'm learning more about myself and about the world around me culture <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having me on I feel privileged to <laughs> Be the one that you lost your podcast virginity to. That is so beautiful. Well, just just you know what? It started off. I couldn't even see. You, are are you even wearing a shirt? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Well, here. Thank you so much. And um, yeah. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Um, Justine as well is, of course, as I mentioned, a main queen, and on all the big bastard social medias um if you don't follow her um fucking get on it like jesus christ what are you missing out on so um just seeing would you like to kind of like plug whatever socials not like i love that i'm like here with zero followers saying would you like to plug your socials (laughs) (laughs) i i have instagram at justine stafford underscore at the end i'll tell you a story with that I fucking had Justine Stafford as a separate account and I deleted it like an idiot years ago. What? Someone else claims that username since. And I'm so angry. But anyway, so it's at Justine Stafford <laughs> underscore. And on Twitter, it's just at Justine Stafford. There's the two main ones you can find me on. Uh, I do YouTube stuff as well. But you'll find, if you find one, you'll find all of them. You'll find all of them. So. <laughs> so give her a like, give her a follow. And um, thanks guys for tuning in. <laughs> And there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in for the very first episode of Interviews. If you enjoyed what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, share with your mates. And you can also follow me on socials at Finterviews Podcast on Instagram, at Finterviews Pod on Twitter, or alternatively, you can catch me on my personal socials, which is just at ConnorFin98. Let me know who you think I should interview next. And until next time... Uh, Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you later. Bye.